You're listening to Irish Radio Canada's Home and Abroad, and uh, the Irish have travelled across the Atlantic in both directions and uh, have impacted uh, life on both sides in the way that uh, we have settled and become unsettled. And one such family was the Mahan family, originally from Ireland, and they came out to Canada, settled in Toronto, and then um, moved down to Austin, Texas. And one member of the family, Kevin, um, made his way back to Dublin. Well, whether he did or he didn't, he wrote a book as if he did. Because I don't think what he has in the book are the true escapades. Because if they are, it makes our, um, normal people look certainly uh, somewhat unknown. But <laughs> I have <laughs> I have Kevin Mann here with me. Kevin, thanks for coming into the studio to talk about your book. Yeah, absolute pleasure. Um, so, uh, your background is, uh, your dad was Irish, mm-hmm. and you grew up in Toronto. Uh, Toronto area, yeah. Yeah, and you headed for uh, Texas. Uh, at what age were you when you headed, down, when you headed south? Um, after I was married, I was already an adult, so um, my background being in music, I played in the Canadian music scene for a long time, so after um, I got married... I married a Texan, and okay. he was from Houston. And right. So after we had the kids, it was time to get closer to grandparents. You know, my parents had passed away. So we brought them down to Texas, and, you know, the way Erica put it, if I made you live in Houston or Dallas, you'd hold it against me. So I'm taking you to Austin, a music town, you know. So right. And she was right. Um, the whole time I've been here, it's been fantastic playing live. Well, obviously, up until the COVID thing, that shut everything down in a hurry. <laughs> So, uh, when you were growing up then in in around Toronto, the, was your dad much involved in the Irish scene, or did you go back to Ireland? Did you go visiting regularly? No, no, that's the thing. Um, shortly before I started writing this book was the first time I ever made it um, to Ireland. And, you know, my dad moved to Canada in the late 60s, early 70s. He went home for a couple of visits before he got married, but then... Uh, after he got married, he basically said that was his last time going home, and that was it. He said goodbye. It was really tough for him to leave. He didn't yeah. want to leave. Yeah. Um, but because his parents had left and his brothers had moved to the Toronto area, he, he followed along. So so then on the music scene, what would you say were your influences, or where was your musical heritage? Oh, well, you know, when you're young, because I started young when I was eight years old, so it was my parents, obviously, so... Yeah. On my dad's side, it was obviously the Irish music, you know, the Rebel songs. He was a big Foster and Allen fan. Okay. Um, and then I started to get into the Irish music when I discovered the Pogues. You know, okay. That was not <laughs> in my family. They were much more traditional. And then my mom's side of the family being Canadian, they were more country music. So I really kind of brought those two things together and then fell in love with punk rock later on. And that's basically what I'm still doing now. Very much um, uh, influenced by the Pogues, that sort of thing. Yeah, because uh, when we wrap up chatting, we're going to give a sample of Hell's Kitchen Irish Ale. Um, to oh, the, the listener. Yeah, yeah, we're going to share that one with them. Uh, All right. <laughs> so then um, you turn, you've turned author. Yeah, what happened there was, it, it was kind of unexpected. I never, I never really 
thought of being an author. I, I've always written, but very um, nonfiction. I, I, my background's in history, so I've written a lot of history in the past, like more for school as part of my education. But what happened was being on the road with the band and being on the road with my day job, um, I had this downtime in the evenings. And so when I was sitting at the pub having dinner or something like that, or back at the hotel, instead of flicking on the television, which I'm not a big fan of, I started to write. And... Um, what I did was I came up with I, I wanted to document a lot of the fun stuff, especially the humorous stuff, the stuff that I found humorous at least, um, in a book form. But I didn't want to do a nonfiction. I thought that setting it against a, a kind of a funny fictional storyline would be a very easy way to capture all these funny stories from my youth and my, you know my adulthood as well. And that's kind of what happened. I just started to write with uh, no intention of publishing. I was just doing it for myself, just something to be creative, you know, because I love to write music. I just love to write general. But it got to a point where the book was nearing completion, and I tossed the idea around to a few people, including my wife, and they said, go for it. Just publish it. Get it out there. You know, put yourself out there. See what happens. So, and that's where I'm sitting now. Right. <laughs> and when was the official launch? When would you say that you hit the challenge? <laughs> St. Patrick's Day 2020. And okay, when I was driving, when I when I when I was sitting in the car for seventeen hours, okay. exactly. So you can imagine what those couple of days were like. I was all set to do a book signing. I had um, three shows with the band that I was going to be selling the book at. I had lofty ideas, and then two days before St. Patrick's Day, everything went into lockdown. So right. it pretty much killed that rather quickly. But the good the good side of the modern world is because of technology. And particularly at the moment, I suppose, there's the negative side in that you're not letting the, getting the live gigs. But there is, I guess, a greater connection through virtual with an audience who may not have otherwise been connecting with you. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And the same goes with the book as well. Um, and one thing I've noticed um, from the authorship side as opposed to, say, the musicianship side or any other aspect of this online social media people who read tend to be very I, I don't exactly know how to put it but um, all the uh, all the return um, that I've gotten on this book all the responses have just been so positive and just so um, educated and there's been none of the negativity that you can come across a lot when someone makes a post you scroll down the comments and it's just negative after negative after negative I was on another post recently, and it got 104 hits, 108 hits, and every single one of them was just, my head got bigger and bigger and bigger. Just it, it was so flattering, and everyone just had such terrific things to say. It was unbelievable. I just, yeah, I, I was left speechless. And I suppose part of that is, and I must say, I'm finding it hilariously humorous, um, and having worked for seven years in Dublin, I've, I've reasonable familiarity, not, not necessarily with the Cabra Road, although I do know where the Cabra Road is, and I've been up there. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm and, sorry. <laughs> and I think I do know where Adolph Road is as well. But <laughs> okay. um, been there. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm finding it, it's a wonderful read. It's an easy read. It's a fun read, it's a relaxing read, and it's an engaging read in that um, it's encouraging me to want to go on to the next chapter. Uh, not every book does that. 
the it's funny you said because that's exactly what I was really hoping for as an author when you put it out there you never know what you're going to get you never know what the response is going to be and so when I wrote it I tried not to be try I, I tried not to try too hard to be too pompous try to be a writer this is very much a conversation you're sitting next to me in a pub and I start telling you a bit of a story and you and I get into this conversation and by the end of it I've told you the story, and that's the way I really wanted it to read, just to be a very pub conversation. So let's um, just give the uh, Coles Notes summary, the, the 15-second elevator pitch of what this story is about, because we haven't mentioned that. Yeah, okay, so there's a young man named Brendan, and he's living in Austin, Texas. His father is about to pass away, and he was raised by a single Irish father from Dublin. And he doesn't have much going for him left in Austin. His friends have kind of moved on. His job's going nowhere. He has no relationship. And so his only real true friend in the world, Rory, tells him, he basically convinces him, come to Dublin. You need to get out of here. You need to come to Dublin with me and come on the radio. You've got nothing left here. And so much in a way to deal with the death of his father, he leaves Austin, Texas behind to go take this position in Dublin, Ireland, just to kind of, renew himself, start off fresh, start off new, leave everything behind and just start a new life in Dublin. And then things go awry. <laughs> well, um, yeah, things go awry, but however, uh, strange coincidences happen. And even though they are very strange coincidences, they're actually, as you present them, very, very believable and credible um, in the Irish context. Yeah, like uh, you have to understand too, most of the stories are true, and I think that's why they ring true. I've adjusted them to fit the storyline, um, without giving too much away. This doesn't really give too much away, but when he when he hits Ireland, the cab driver he gets is someone familiar, and that is a true story. Mm -hmm. The first time I arrived in Dublin, um, I jumped in a cab, and the cab driver started chatting with me and um, started telling me all about you know his life and his kids and stuff. And when he asked where I was from, um, I said, well, why I was there, business or pleasure? I said, no, I've come to Ireland to see where my dad was from. He says, well, tell me the part of Dublin he's from, and I'll tell you about it. I've lived here my whole life. So I said, I don't know if you'd know the part where he's from. He's on the north side of Dublin in an area called Cabra, and he got a smirk on his face. He says, where in Cabra? I said, um, Cabra West. What road? And this is when I start nudging my wife, going, here comes the Irish sense of humor. He's going to take the piss out of us now. Watch this. I said, Rathoth Road. He says, what number? <laughs> you do not know. Then the house my dad grew up in. Forget about it. So I, so I, I, I went along with it. I said, 110 Rattoth Road. And he's like, no, sorry, 85 Rattoth Road. And he looks in the mirror and says, 85 Rattoth Road. Born and raised there my whole life. I used to hang out with the twins. My dad's older brothers were twins. Yeah. I jumped into a cab with the one person in Ireland that grew up next door to my parents. Right. So it was just, yeah, that, those sort of uh, things how can you not write a book when stuff like that happens to you? You have to capture those moments. Indeed. Uh, Kevin, we're not going to tell any more because you've actually, you've actually dropped enough to, to, to cause curiosity. And that's what this is all about. How can, how can we encourage somebody to say, this is a fun read, and that's the kind of curiosity you're going to, you're going to find in there. Um, so uh, from here, uh, where's the next step? Uh, has this has this appeared across the Atlantic yet, and has there been any reaction? 
Um, some, yeah. So what I've started to do is very grassroots marketing, getting it out to um, particular bloggers, particular radio stations like yourself, um, really kind of focusing on in on the Irish American community and the Irish Canadian community, um, because I think those are the people that are going to get the biggest kick out of this book. Um, I think it's going to appeal to people that have lost a parent. It's a mm-hmm. little bit therapeutic in that way because, mm-hmm. you know, it was for me. It's, it's much of the reason I wrote it. Um, but, yeah, the Irish-Canadian, Irish-American community, those people that, you know, kind of see themselves as being Irish even though they weren't born there. They were raised as being Irish, as I was, you know, constantly reminded, I'm not Irish, but I have to live the Irish lifestyle, you know, that right. sort of thing. Right. So, and um, so that's what I'm going to keep doing, um, really just keep in touch with the various radio stations, television programs, the bloggers, reporters, that kind of thing, and just try to help people discover it. Right. Well, we're chatting with Kevin Mahan, and the book is called... Radio Ireland. Radio... (laughs) And where can we get Radio Ireland? Um, So I went through a particular publisher, um, this one particular publisher, to make sure it was available everywhere. So you can buy it on Amazon.ca com in Italy, the UK, Ireland, everywhere, as well as Barnes and Nobles um, in Canada. There, Chapters Indigo is carrying it. Um, yeah, if you were to just basically do a quick uh, Google search for Radio Ireland, Kevin Mann, you'll find it. And where do we find Kevin Mann? On uh, well, you know what? Um, right now in Austin, Texas, swing by. <laughs> <laughs> I've got nothing else to do. You're welcome to come by for a pint. No, um, but uh, KevinMann.com. So, and man is a M-A-H-O-N, the Irish way. That's right. Well, Kevin, thanks a million for taking time. It's been great chatting with you. Absolutely. You too. Thanks, Austin.